Hello, I am Reverend Victor Ekwe, Rev for short. I'm a relationship coach, marriage counselor, and the senior pastor of Church of God Mission Water Resources District Headquarters. I welcome you to Moment with Rev It's going to be a blessing to you and to your family. This is a 15-minute program specially dedicated for relationships and marriages. So I welcome you. Please don't go nowhere. As a matter of fact, this is the time to call someone to sit in with you to listen. Turn on the volume. Call your husband. Call your wife. Revi has cooked up something by the leading of the Holy Spirit and it will be a blessing to you today. This will be real. No, you know, no twisting. It will be real. It will be fun. It will be educative. It will be practical. Last week, I started a new series titled The Growing Together as a Couple Series because it's important to grow together. So, Growing Together series, I, I just love it. I emphatically said you can start small, but don't remain small forever. You've got to grow. Not to grow alone, but to grow together in any area of your life, in any or every area of your life, grow together. Today, I want to focus on growing together spiritually as a couple. That's the topic for today. Growing together spiritually as a couple. There is a common phenomenon, and I want you to watch this. Hey, you pastor, you pastor missus, or you brother or sister, or you, you're not a pastor. But let me, let me say this one clear. There's a common phenomenon that I've realized over the years, both from my personal experience and from engaging several couples. You know, and that phenomenon, hmm, uh, it happens soon after marriage. A partner knowingly or unknowingly becomes more and more judgmental of the other partner's spirituality or lack of it thereof. It's a dangerous place to be. You know, it is either the husband feels the wife is too carnal or the wife feels the husband is too carnal. It's a popular phenomenon. It happens. Or the wife feels the husband is too spiritual or the husband is feeling that the wife is too spiritual and unromantic. Certain statements begin to slip out of their tongues. Can't you even pray for two hours? You will hear a couple telling the other. Can't you study the Bible and have deep understanding? Can't you have rema? Can't you understand scriptures? Why don't you like to fast? Why do you like to lie? Why are you wicked and unkind? Are you really a Christian? Are you truly a Christian? Are you born again? You begin to hear those kinds of things begin to slip out of the mouth of one partner to the other partner. If it is a case of two spiritual, you begin to hear statements like this. Now only you they go to church. Are you the only one who heard that sermon today? Can't you loosen up a little bit? Ah ah, your spirituality is too much. Haba. You are my spouse and not the Holy Spirit. At that stage, we begin to borrow a little of the devil's ministry. As stated in Revelation 12 verse 10, say for the accuser of the brethren has come. You begin to play the role of the devil, the ministry of the devil. You take on it as deputy demon, as an accuser of your spouse, accusing your spouse of his or her spirituality or the lack of it thereof. There is a slim line between nudging your spouse to be more fervent and to condemn your spouse of being too carnal. There's a slim line. There's a slim line to nudge your spouse to be more fervent. You know, you want to 
pray more. You want, you want to just to encourage the person to pray more, encourage the person to study more. There's a thin line sometimes between encouraging than and to condemn. Be careful. As you're listening to me now, be careful. Look in words and allow the Lord to speak to you. If you nudge and encourage your spouse, there's a higher chance that you can see efforts to improve from your spouse. If your spouse sees it as an encouragement, you could see efforts to improve. But if you condemn, if your spouse sees it as a condemnation, if you condemn, there's a higher probability that soon your spouse will quit trying will just quit trying and say, yes, this is how I am. Now, so you see me when you marry me. This is how I am. Take me like this. Take me like this. You saw me like this before you came to me. I had other proposals. You saw several other sisters. You saw several other brothers. You chose me. Your spouse might just quit trying. And in some worst scenario, your spouse may even stop attending that church with you. Will leave you with your spirituality. We are not the accuser of the brethren. So stop condemning your spouse. Rather, start planning how both of you can inspire each other to grow together spiritually. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says something interesting. It says, iron sharpens iron. And so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Iron sharpens iron. You didn't marry just because of sex and merriment alone, no. You married so that you can sharpen each other spiritually and otherwise. I have seen very senior men of God whose wives cannot lead prayers for 10 minutes without embarrassing themselves and embarrassing the ministry. I have seen senior ministers whose spouses can't even teach Bible study. No wonder Solomon cried in Songs of Solomon chapter 1 verse 6. He said, look not upon me because I am black. Because the son had looked upon me, my mother's children were angry with me. Why? They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard have I not kept. That is the case of many ministers today. They are spiritual fathers and mentors to everybody else apart from their children and their spouse. Why? You have accused that woman so much that she refused to follow your teachings anymore. She refused to follow your teachings. You have accused her so much. Oh, he or she has become so rebellious to you and to your ministry. Oh, are you there listening to me today? Each time they want to give your wife a microphone. You may be a pastor. Each time they want to give your wife a microphone, the entire congregation will be saying, hey, let them not embarrass us now. We have newcomers. We have visitors in church. We have visitors in church. Ah, it's important to grow together. Don't be content that you are the only one growing. You are growing. You are growing. You are improving. You are improving spiritually and your spouse is not improving like you. It's not a good place to be. Before I continue, I am Reverend Victor Ekwe and I'm passionate about the souls of men and I'm passionate about their marriages. So if you live around Water Resources and Airport Road, or if you want to see me for feedbacks and counseling, please visit Church of God Mission, Water Resources District Headquarters, number 7 Ugbeto Avenue, off Water Resources Road. A Sunday service, powerful, 3-1 power pack service. School of the Bible starts at 7.20. School of Leadership starts at 8.20. And the worship experience, powerful, starts at 9.10. You will be blessed. Our weekly activities are simple. On Monday, we come for Monday morning motivation and anointing. One hour, 6.30 a.m. to 7.30. On Wednesday, Bible study is 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. And on Friday, prayer meeting and revival time, 6.30 a.m., 
to 7:30 a.m. Join us. You can also reach me for feedback through Victor Ekwe official at gmail.com or my Facebook page is Victor Ekwe. And to listen to this broadcast again, visit my podcast page www.anchor.fm/rev. My podcast page again is www.anchor.fm/rev. I continue. Grow together spiritually. Iron sharpens iron. Let the first iron to sharpen you not be a fellow minister. Let the first iron to sharpen you be your spouse. That woman that you share the same bed with. That man that you share the same bed with. Once a long time ago, Papa of Blessed Memory, the Archbishop Benson, that was our blessed memory, he said to his wife, You can't share the same bed with me and not carry fire. Let the person that you will sharpen, let the two people, the first person that your iron is sharpening, that you are sharpening yourself, let that person be your spouse. Simple questions to wrap up. How can a couple grow together spiritually? How can a couple grow together spiritually? Number one, pray together. It's important. Learn to pray together. Learn to make it a rule. It may be ritualistic but learn to make it a rule that you pray together in the morning or you pray together in the evening. Learn to pray for one another. You're finished praying together, your husband has gone or your wife has gone. Learn to pray for him and you learn to pray for her. Very, very important. Number two, study together. Study the Bible together. Study devotionals together. As a matter of fact, study the same devotional. Not that one person is studying above only, another person is studying another devotional from another ministry. Study the Word of God together. Study the same devotional. Attend church together for God's sake. Attend church together. As a matter of fact, attend the same church. I've seen lots of ladies that say, okay, his church, uh, they are not too gym gym, they are not too spiritual. So that's why I decided to stay in my church. And then uh, the husband accepts it like that. And you, the wife, you are comfortable like that. So at the end of the day, wife is Jim Jim. Husband is cold. Or it's not the best. Attend the same church. Learn together. Grow together. Now, if possible, I want to take it a step higher. If possible, join the same activity group in church. If your husband is in prayer band, wife, join prayer band. Go together. Pray together. Build your prayer life together. If your husband is in the teaching ministry, join the teaching ministry. Go to rehearsal together. Go to the choir together, if possible. I don't want to make it a rule. That's why I say, if possible. Number five, listen to sermons together. This is very, very important. You know, sermons, not only sermons from your church. If you have to listen to TDJs, if you have to listen to one other man of God online, listen together so that you hear the same thing together. It's easier when you hear it together than only you heard. And now you're trying to convince your husband or convince your wife to, to imbibe the message that only you heard. Learn, to, learn to, to hear it together. Number six, learn to mentor a younger couple. A younger couple. Learn to mentor a younger couple. I know there are many young couples who are not ready to be mentored. So learn to prepare your mind to mentor a younger couple that accepts to be mentored. You know why? Mentoring helps you grow. As you find people that you are mentoring, it helps you to live on the edge. It helps you to know that I'm an example. So you have to continue to strive to say, God, give me wisdom so that I can impact. God, help me to live an exemplary life so I can continue to be a valuable mentor to a young couple. So learn to mentor a young couple. It helps you to grow together spiritually. Attend retreats together. Don't be the type that, oh, you go for, for retreats. Your wife is at home. 
And you come back and say, oh honey, this retreat was powerful. The guest speaker was loaded. It was just bringing Rema. Take her with you. Remember something. Adam was not with his wife. That's why the serpent had opportunity to come into their ranks. So attend retreats together. Don't go for a retreat alone. And then uh, your next door neighbor is uh, somebody of the opposite sex and you begin to have ideas. Go for retreats together so that you will not be tempted. Number eight, and this one is getting more interesting. Now, don't offend each other or any member of the family before fellowship time. Very important. Don't offend each other or any member of the family before fellowship time. Otherwise, that service is often a waste to that person because you have offended that person. You know, just imagine that you offended your husband on Sunday morning and then you both get to church only for your husband to see that... Uh, they now call his wife. Say, let us welcome Mrs. Lagbaja to come and lead praise and worship. Your husband will just hiss. He will just lock up. He will not be blessed. He will feel like going out. Because he will, at that point in time, you offended him. So it's important when you offend yourself, forgive and let go. You know, if you have family devotion, I used to tell my wife, if you have family devotion, before the devotion, it's not the time to flog a child. It's not the time to, to, to discipline a child because it will spoil the devotion for them. They might just lock up and be angry because they cannot, they cannot match it. Finish your devotion nicely, do it nicely, then carry your cane and then discipline that child. You know, for the family, finish. If you offend each other, apologize to each other before fellowship time. Very, very important. And lastly, this is key. Let your intimacy be top-notch. Nothing connects two people spiritually more than sex. So, as a couple, if you want to grow together sexually, if you, rather, if you want to grow together spiritually and your sex life is not intact, hey, there is no growing together spiritually. If you do number one to number seven that I have talked about and you neglect number eight and number nine, there won't be any spiritual growing together in your home. You can trust me. So, don't always offend each other. Forgive yourselves when offenses come. Let your intimacy be top-notch and I guarantee you, you will grow together spiritually. My question to you today, since you married that woman or that man, oh, has she or he or she improved? Oh, the man or the sister cannot pray again because of you. Don't leave your spouse behind. Grow together spiritually. Thanks for listening and thanks to you, my radio listener, and to those who have been following on my podcast channel. God bless you so much. I wish you bliss in your family. Stay tuned for another exciting episode of Moment with Revy. Next week, same time, same station. God bless you. I love you so much. Bye-bye.